1: Welcome, everyone, to The Catch, to Blog Talk Radio, and uh, to talking about how we can make it better. And uh, we do this every week, and every week it gets better and more exciting, uh, what we're finding out. And uh, the people we're getting to meet are just phenomenal. Uh, That's what I love the most about this time, is uh, being able to introduce you to uh, some very gifted people, some thinking people, and some people who are connected in many ways with the with the world, will help us in the process of taking grace outward to others. And uh, so uh, today is no exception. To, today, uh, <laughs> this is so cool. We're we're having uh, someone I met last night, and. Uh, at our uh, event with Noel Stukey, um, it was a fundraising event for the Catch, and we had a wonderful time. And while I was there, I got a chance to meet someone who I think probably we passed each other at times uh, back in, in when I was in, an intern at Peninsula Bible Church. And uh, uh, but he is now a professor of uh, Philosophy and Biblical uh, and Theological Studies at uh, Talbot School of Theology in Biola. He has written uh, a couple books. One is a, uh, I want to read this one, Um, Mind Your Faith, A Student's Guide for Thinking and Living Well. That sounds like a really good one. Uh, Mind Your Faith, A Student's Guide for Thinking and Living Well. And then he has been a contributor in a couple other books. One is the Encyclopedia of Christian Civilization. It's four volumes. Um, if we have time, I'd like to talk a little bit about that. And then another very interesting book by C.S. Lewis uh, about, excuse me, uh, editor- He wrote an editorial in that book about C.S. Lewis. And um, so, but one of his uh, favorite uh, topics is happens to be one of mine, and that is, what do we do? Uh, about the, uh, the Impression that the world Has of Christians And this is something that uh, Many of you who know me And maybe has followed my writing I have a book called Fearless Faith Which, I, which is all about this Actually um, Because I've been struggling with, with What was wrong Knowing that the world has uh, a, An impression about Christians That is not true Or at least, excuse me, it could be true, but it's not biblical. It's not what we should be known for. And so we want to keep focusing on what is wrong with that. And uh, I'd like to have our guests talk uh, a little bit about where where we got off track and um, what the objections are that the world has towards Christians and then what we can do about it. So, with all of that, um, I would like to bring on our guest, David Horner, David A. Horner. David, welcome to Blog Talk Radio.
0: Thanks. It's great to be here, John. It's great to meet you last night yeah. and to uh, hear about what the catch is doing. And I love the idea.
1: Yeah, yeah, we do too. And it, it's getting it's getting more exciting as we actually it, it, it's 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 obviously a work in progress. So yeah. we're finding out. Well, that, yeah, uh, what what, what you're
0: doing? Sorry, <laughs>
1: no, <laughs> running over ahead. you there. Go
0: ahead. Well, I was just going to no, say, go ahead, w- you know, what 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 the catch is all about really is, you know, touches on the heart of of what we're talking about. And mm. I in a lot of what I think is most important really is is what what is happening here, which is that people are actually you know there's a there's the human touch there of christians extending mm-hmm. taking grace outwards as you say to others uh that's really going to be the bottom line i think of what uh of of how we address the question these moral objections as i call them to mm-hmm. the christian uh-huh. faith you know you can think of i because my field is philosophy I, we i work a lot in apologetics and a lot of apologetics apologetics is is has to do with defending the faith or or giving reasons mm-hmm. for faith. and um, the, most people probably think of that as you know giving scientific uh, arguments or historical arguments for the resurrection of Christ and so on. And there's a lot of really important and good stuff there. Um, but the the ground has shifted quite a bit, I think, where there was a time when people thought Christianity was basically good. In fact, if anything, it was too good to be true. The Christian ethics were too high. Um, You know, we can't live up to that, but we respect Christians and we think they're really good people. And then at that point, you know, the, the challenge for Christians would be to show that it's not just good, but it's true. But, that has changed, and the sorts of objections that you see mm-hmm. in the editorial pages and hear from the lips of people and so on, quite often today are what I call moral objections. They're not so much objections that Christianity is false because of science or something like that. It's more that it's, it's bad. Christians are bad, and therefore it, it's false, and I'm not even interested in it. It's too bad to be true and uh so what we you know what christians need to do is you know we need to pray and and seek to live in in such a way that they would be able to come to see it is too good not to be true
1: hmm. and i think
0: that hmm. you know god is the our ultimate desires are for him uh, he is this you know he is he is what we're longing for more than anything else and those desires uh, our the, the old classical thinkers, the ancient and medieval thinkers, um, said that, that basically our, our highest values are goodness, truth, and beauty, and they're all connected to each other. And, and I think that's right. And I think that, that we long for God as the ultimate grounding of goodness, truth, and beauty. And so we want to know what's true. But we also want to be mm. to have contact with goodness and with beauty, and those ultimately are satisfied in God. But as, if somebody thinks God is not good because of their experience of Christians, you know, they're not going to mm. see him as true or beautiful. Mm. So that's the situation. And uh, I've got a little story, yeah. if, if you want me to tell it, that sort of illustrates this. Um,
1: oh, that'd be I great. Used, yes. I'm
0: from... I'm from Colorado originally, and uh, uh, one one time over Easter weekend, the American Atheists had their national convention in Denver, and uh, so I attended it. And um, at, the, at one point, there was a a parade, and the, it was an atheist pride parade, and they they marched through oh. the the streets of Denver and they had signs that said some pretty obnoxious things just trying to get people mad at them and um like Mary should have had an abortion uh for example uh, <laughs> Ooh. real subtle you know <laughs> little things yeah. like that
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> but but the only the only people that were more more uh obnoxious there uh, than the atheists marching were the christians on the sidelines and there were some interesting things there but the 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 image that that just leaps that's just etched forever i think well maybe hopefully not forever but right now it's etched deep in my mind <laughs> is the guy the christian guy that was wearing a hard hat with a great big uh battery operated uh, speaker mounted on the hard hat, and he was he was screaming into a microphone that was being broadcast through the speaker at the people walking by, and he's glaring at them in evident hatred, and he's screaming at the top of his lungs,
1: Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And I think that pretty much sums it up right
1: there. Uh, oh, you know, it was
0: a true statement and one that, that they really needed to to hear, but I don't think they got the message. You know, I don't think they <laughs> quite found it believable. <laughs> because you know, they're thinking, Okay, this guy's with Jesus and he hates me, so you know, yep. that's how that's what I associate with Jesus. So I think that's the problem, you know, that we, we, we can say the right things, but, um, if we say it the wrong way, um, you know, it's just not believable. So we have to, the goal is that we can say Jesus loves you and it's believable to people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, my wife's favorite thing to say is it's not the big things we say it's the little things we do
0: yeah yeah I agree
1: and that's that's where we're going to make a difference don't you think uh, and sometimes yes. it's not saying anything <clears throat> yeah yeah uh, David what are what? can you elaborate a little bit more on what what brought this about? What what are we we have the object? May, maybe even give us a few uh, uh, another a couple more examples of of what those moral objections are that the world has, and and where did they come from? Um, I'm always curious uh, how we got there because somehow I think that maybe that might help us be able to uh, get get out of it.
0: Yeah, I think
1: um
0: I'm not I you know, I I need to say first off, I'm not sure. I think I'm I'm trying to figure that out myself thinking about okay. that. Um there I think there there several things. Um, there's of course there are there are Christians behaving badly. And uh that's yeah. been of course true um you know yeah. we're fallen and and uh but um i think probably um i mean clearly th- there's not a, a as much of a consciousness of our need to be good t- to to reflect the character of Jesus um these days and we have to figure out okay now why is that the case in the early church um it was this was perhaps the, the biggest difference between uh, noticed between Christians and mm-hmm. non-Christians. There's a sociologist named Rodney Stark who wrote a, a very influential book called The Rise of Christianity, How the Obscure Marginal Jesus Movement Became the Dominant Religious Force in the Western World in a Few Centuries. And he wrote this as a non-Christian. Mm. He has become a Christian. Um, but he just did this kind of historical sociological study of the growth, the rapid growth of the Christian movement. And he, he he makes a number of very interesting uh, observations, but the bottom line is he says that the church portrayed to the world a, a better way of living. They, 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 uh, they treated people better, they treated especially women better uh they didn't uh sacrifice their their young children if they were disabled and leave it, them outside go, the cities when, to die pardon me
1: and, and can we put this in con- can we put this uh, what period are we talking about uh, uh, the first, the, first the, the three, three or four ch- centuries living like this okay, yeah, the uh, first okay, three or sorry. four
0: centuries um Okay. For, so, for example, it was widely practiced in Greek and Roman culture that if you had a disabled child, especially a female, uh, you would just take it out to the edge of the city and leave it to die. It was called exposure, exposure of infants. And hmm. Christians were known f- for not doing that, and in fact, for rescuing these infants and raising them. And this is kind of the beginning of the orphanage uh movement. wow and uh so there's a there's a writing in two fifty a d uh, called the epistle to Diognetus where um a a writer is describing to a to a pagan king emperor um the dis- the differences of christians in and, and he says they're like everybody else uh in the sense that they don't wear weird clo- you know strange clothing different clothing they don't speak uh, a different dialect. Uh, they, uh, but they outlive us. Essentially, they they they're faithful in their marriages. They don't expose their children, which is what I'm talking about here. Yeah, uh, uh-huh. and and so their 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 lives are better. Um, they're not they're not weird in in the sense of doing you know just living outside mm-hmm. of the city or anything like that. Uh, but they they are hospitable the, he mentions hospitality he mentions not um, you know he, he mentions uh, the sanctity of marriage and the protection of innocent human life and Ooh. and uh, the early Christians were uh very well known for uh not participating in the bloodletting, which was the common form of entertainment you'd go to the Colosseum to see lions Shred an innocent person These mm. were usually slaves or Prisoners of war And Christians wouldn't participate In that. Tertullian who was an, uh, an Early uh, church Father said the only time you'll see Christians in the Colosseum is when They're being torn apart by lions <laughs> So this commitment yeah. to, to you know Human dignity, human life Protection of human life and then the, a really interesting thing that he says is he, he shows an example. There were, I think it was in the second and third centuries. Each each of those centuries in Rome, there was a great plague that went through, and it just devastated the population. And what the what the uh, non-Christian people would do typically was, if someone in their family got the plague, they would leave. The, the healthy people would leave town, and including Galen, who was this famous uh, philosopher slash uh, physician, a uh, very influential early physician. And, mm-hmm. But the Christians felt called to stay there and to, to help people, and they realized it might be their death sentence. But mm-hmm. the interesting thing happened is that more Christians survived because they were taking care of each other. Um, you know, so if someone got sick, they were immediately being taken care of by other Christians, but they would also take care of everybody else. And so Hmm. when the plague kind of reached, went through its course, the, the Romans would come back and some of their, um, their relatives were okay. They survived because they were taken care of by Christians and they had become Christians. Yeah. so why did you become a Christian? Well, they took care of me. Mm. So it was the goodness Mm. of the Christians, you know, that made all the difference. And so, yeah, we asked the question, well, so why, you know, why not now? Well, um, that's a great question. Uh, I think some of it has to do probably just with the, the, the kind of lives that we live and we're not so close to lots of different kinds of people, that it's possible for us to live sheltered lives and not be involved in meeting needs of people. That's probably part of it. Yeah. Um, I think part of, the, part of the reputation Christians have, though, is false. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a story, that's a narrative that's been told since the Enlightenment, um, by people that are very influential, that are, are not necessarily telling the truth. I mean, there have been lots of Christians doing bad things, but there are a lot of um, myths about that, too, that, that are, are false. I mean, everybody thinks, for example, this is not necessarily quite the same subject, but pretty much everybody thinks that the, the church, the people in the Middle Ages thought the earth is flat, and that Columbus was afraid of falling off the edge of the earth and stuff like that, and the church taught <laughs> that. That's just completely false. The church didn't, didn't teach that, um, and hardly anybody believed that. Columbus knew the world was round. He just didn't know how big it was. Um, in the 19th century, a, a book came out called The Warfare of, Christianity with, of Religion and, uh, and Science, that kind of cast a narrative that still is very popular in universities of this constant warfare of religious belief with science. And virtually everything in that book has now been shown to be false. So that's part of it too. And then I think, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure, again, I'm not sure why this is the case, but I think a lot of people really have had bad experiences with with Christians and mm-hmm. I can understand why they don't—they—they're just not interested if their experience, experience with Christians has not been a good one. So it's a yeah,
1: challenge. Yeah. Do you, don't you think our um, the political involvement of Christians has fed into this?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah.
1: And, and yeah, people and, have and gotten so. Yeah,
0: we we get. Yeah, we're we're just viewed christians are are viewed as political actors in trying to impose a, a yeah. particular political view and that's tragic
1: right, right. yeah so um, can you can you uh talk a little bit about some practical ways in which we could make a difference um, what what would you what would your advice to us to be uh that we might be able to somehow change this impression in our little sphere of influence
0: yeah well i think uh your wife's advice is, really, is probably the best <laughs>
1: um,
0: and and it's really good news you know i mean i i'm i'm, I'm a, an academic so i I'm trying to go after some of those bad narratives out there, some of those, you know, Mm -hmm. ideas and try to address those. And I think that's important for some of us to do, but the really good news is that they're the the most important things are the things that every follower of Jesus can do. And that's to do those small acts of, of goodness, of kindness, Mm -hmm. Uh, because the, the the thing about – it's one thing to give an argument to try to give evidence that something is true. You can do that sort of in an abstract way in a vacuum of, of action. But goodness is the kind of thing that in order to be compelling, it has to be experienced. And that's why mm. it's so devastating to have that guy with the hard hat screaming, you know, <laughs> In evident hatred, Jesus loves you. What Mm -hmm. he said was Mm -hmm. fine, but the message was completely undercut by what he was doing. So goodness has to be experienced in order to be understood. And so we can give all the arguments about God's goodness. But even in Scripture, we see this. in, in, In Psalm 34, it says... Taste and see that the Lord is good and and Peter picks up on this in first Peter uh, chapter two. he says, Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good, so there's this' there's this sensory thing you know you you get a taste of it, so I guess maybe what we we could think of ourselves as wanting to Cultivate tastes of the goodness of of the Lord in people by just bringing goodness into their lives, um, mm. and that's just kind of irrefutable to people. It it, it says it says more than a you know a hundred arguments could say, and mm. Mm. we all have and you know an indefinite number of uh, all kinds of possible things that we can do. We just ask the Lord to make us aware of ways to bring goodness into somebody's life. And I'll I'll tell you one one other story that's this kind of a historical thing, but it's it's really powerful. There was a little village in in southern France in World War II called Le Chambon. It's a it a little village of about 5,000 people. And you know, Most people have never heard of it, except in my field, which is is primarily ethics. In ethics, everybody's heard of it. You think, well, how could that possibly be? Well, because that village of 5,000, mostly farmers, rescued 5,000 or more Jews from the Holocaust. It's completely unprecedented. There's nothing like it. And so what some philosophers and historians have, have done, they went over there and they interviewed their rescuers, and they discovered that these were Christians. And hmm. they, it, you know, they asked him these questions. know, why did you do this? What, why were you so heroic? Well, I wasn't a hero. I just did, I mean, I did what anybody would do. I mean, we're supposed to love our neighbors ourselves, and these were our neighbors. (laughs) One lady said, well, I didn't want to walk on the other side of the road like the priest and Levite, you know, while someone had fallen among thieves, and these people had fallen among thieves, and so on. So what you see in their responses, these are simple um, Christian people who, actually believed the Bible and lived that way. The Bible says love your neighbors yourself. Your neighbor's in trouble. Well, what can I do? And they did it as a community, and I think that's important. They were led by their pastor, who was a very courageous guy. And they said, we, you know, because they were given the order to give up all to turn in all Jews in the community to be deported to prison camps. And the pastor got up on Sunday morning and said, We're not going to do it. We're going to work together. And so I'm sure that's a big part of it as well. You know, we we work together hmm. and we we gain uh confidence and courage cool. as we work together. Fearless faith, as you say. Uh, um, wow. what what I may not be uh, able to do on my own, I might be able to do if you're helping me.
1: Oh, that's
0: and, great. Uh, so it's a, you know, I think yeah. we can learn some things from them.
1: Oh, yeah, that's that's something we can definitely get a hold of here at The Catch is uh, helping each other to do good in our neighborhoods and, and telling our stories. I think, uh, yeah. don't you think that helps, you know, as we as we do something and we tell our story about how what happens uh i I think that would give it would give other people the um incentive and the idea to do similar things themselves yeah don't you yeah know?
0: and and it doesn't have to be you know some big flashy thing I mean we don't have Nazis knocking yeah. on our door right now yeah um but what can we do? you know what and then if if uh if you do something and maybe it seems really small to you, but you tell your story and you share it with me, then I think, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I could do something like that. I've got a neighbor you know across the street who needs something yeah, okay it's it's doable, you know, when we see stuff like that That's great
1: what uh David, what is it, can you spell out the name of that? Town. I want to look this up.
0: And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's two two words in French: L E, and then C H A M B O N. And uh, actually, okay. I I I tell the story of it in in the final chapter of my book, Mind Your Faith. Oh, cool. Um, uh huh. And there is a there's a really really wonderful film. That you can find online or at some libraries called "Weapons of the Spirit," okay. and it's by a guy okay. named Pierre Savage, spelled Savage, or well, S A U V A G E, and he's a he's a filmmaker. But he interestingly, he, he was a baby who was saved by these people. He was born wow. in this village under Nazi occupation and they saved him. And wow. so when he grew up to be a filmmaker in Hollywood, he took a film crew back there. And so it's in the 70s, so so some of these people are still alive that he was able to to uh film. Wow. And they 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 tell their story.
1: It's, okay, it's, so it's a it's documentary. Incredible. It's a true
0: it's a documentary.
1: documentary. Okay, cool. Yeah. Wow. That sounds great um we're going to get we're going to get familiar with that. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, I love that. Love that idea. Well, um I knew this would go fast and it has and uh our our 30 minutes are up. Um is there any anything uh, well two two last things. One um you you mentioned this uh is there is there one book you would recommend um to read in, in this in the whole area of how to think about uh how, how we can uh, change the image of Christians in the world um is there anything that comes to mind <laughs> Is any is anybody I wish done, there were I wish there were maybe, I I maybe 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 that's my next book. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Go for it. I you know, I can think of yeah. several uh things that touch on it, but there is a you know, if you want to kind of follow a little bit more what I was talking about specifically, there is a website called moralapologetics.com. com, okay. And um they are they are trying to address objections, moral, different kinds of moral objections. They're, you know, they're a group of more academic people, apologetics people, but also I have an article on there that's basically tell, you know, talking about the stuff that I talked about here called uh, too good not to be true. And then there are, there oh, yeah. are lots of like resources that. you can see there.
1: Okay. Okay. Very cool. And then the other, just any last, can you just give us a, a last word of encouragement here the, uh, before well, we go. Well,
0: Jesus said, do, your, you know, do your, your good works before people so that they will see your, you know, let your light shine before people so they will see your good works mm-hmm. and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And that's worship talk, you know, that they see us reflect the character of Jesus and, and that draws them to worship because they see, oh, yes, God is good. And that's beautiful. And that's true. And so we can say Jesus loves you, and is be- believable to people.
1: Wow. Okay. David, I thank you so much. Um, and You're thank so you welcome for being available on on short notice, and uh, it was great to meet you. And I I hope we uh, we we get some more time together, somehow.
0: That would be great. Um, I I look forward to that myself.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay, David. Okay. God bless you, you brother. Thank you so much for sharing. God bless you. Okay.
0: God bless I'll you. Bye now. Okay. Bye.
1: Bye bye. Well, there you go, folks. That was cool, huh? It's not the little, the big things you say like, Jesus loves you. <laughs> it's the little things you do, that are going to change the world. Let's start. Um, being serious about this and uh, let's start going after it. And then, you know, what we got to do, you guys, we got to start telling our stories. We got to tell them to each other and spur each other on to love and good deeds, which um, is another scripture verse. We're going to pull out and spend some time with. So this has been an exciting Tonight I hope you've enjoyed it I hope you've learned and been Spurred on in your own heart To make a difference in the way you Live um, We still have uh, A pretty bad impression Over there of Christians Behaving badly and uh, We want to get Christians Behaving um, So that we're too 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 good Not to be true um, I love that Um So, uh, public thank you again to uh, David Horner and um, look up some of the some of the websites we talked about. Um, This is exciting. Um, God bless you. It's always good. Tell your friends, especially this one, and uh, tell them to listen. Tell them not to miss next week. It's always great. It always blows me away God bless you Get caught